0: welcome on to the sparta podcast none other than the head coach of the twu men's hockey team barrett crump how are we doing barrett doing great thank you yeah it's great to have you on so um you have had a very successful past couple of years in the bcihl and we're gonna open up uh talking a little bit about that first before we get on to the U sports stuff but uh, tell us about the guys you've been able to work with in the last couple of years.
1: I mean, it's, uh, I think there, there's lots of different areas that uh, we've seen, you know, our program really takes some, some strides and, and, uh, you know, I guess turn the corner from, you know, we came in in 2013 and, um, you know, it was just a, a lot of uh, transition in terms of players and, um, so I think over that period of time, you know, we have had a, my assistant coach, Chris Trendell. Um, he's been with me the entire time and, and Chris Weens. um, you know, just so from a, a staffing perspective, had a couple of guys that are really passionate about really seeing players' lives impacted on and off the ice as leaders. And, um, so I think having that consistency over the years has really been able to allow us to bring in the type of players that. That we've really needed to, to help us establish our culture, and so from a player side of it, you know, we've had some, some great leadership even on that front. With you know, um, you know, previous captain like Caleb Denham, and uh, you know, him handing the baton of leadership over to a guy like Jared Fontaine, um, you know, and even now and in, in moving into next year with uh, with our first year moving into U Sports. Uh, Spencer Girth taking on the captaincy so right from that point of you know having some real quality guys be our wearing the C on the jersey all the way down through to guys that you know one of the guys that I think of right now that just graduated or will be graduating this year like Joe Sylvain as a guy that you know came in and and uh, just wanted a shot uh, you know an opportunity to play and whenever he got in he he worked hard and uh, if he wasn't in the lineup all the time, he continued to work hard off the ice and practice. And, and uh, you know, so it's, it, it's right throughout our lineup. Guys that have just really owned our, our mentality of we want to win all day, every day. And I think if you were to pull all of our our players, that's something that they would probably all say that they've really embraced over the last number of years.
0: So with a guy like Jarrett graduating this year, obviously he's been a huge I guess trendsetter in TWU men's hockey culture and culture is something we talk a lot about with coaches on this podcast. So how would you say a, a leader like Jarrett has really defined a sense of healthy culture in that locker room?
1: Yeah. Fonzie's uh, you know, I, I think that the word servant leader, it would be, you know, right up there. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he's uh, He's a complete champion award winner, which is, you know, quite a prestigious uh, recognition within our department. And and he he covers off all the bases on on that award in terms of when you're looking at spiritual, uh, physical, mental, and social leadership areas. Um, he's grown from, you know, the moment he stepped on a campus in each of those categories, right? He, I would say he came, you know, with a, a marginal faith at best and, you know, within his first semester, he he had realized that he needed a, a personal relationship with Jesus, and I would say that was the beginning of his transformation in terms of wanting to um, be a servant leader, like hockey, sort of a, most elite sports, I guess. Um, but in in the rough and tumble environment, you know that that hockey would sort of um, uh, have it. It's it's really difficult to to be a servant leader within. Uh, that context coming out of junior hockey and and so I'd say that maybe there were some tendencies but you know Fonzie quickly realized that like you always know, becoming a young man and, and wants to be a responsible adult and you know um, earn a degree and at the same time he wanted to do it in in a fresh environment from his own life and and knew that if he continued down the road that he was on with some of his life choices he wasn't going to find success and so Um, surrendering his life over to Jesus and and allowing the Lord to be um, at his driver's wheel um, really, really allowed Fonzie to grow in every other area of his life because all of a sudden the pressure then wasn't on to perform. He could just be uh, who God created him to be. Within that identity, he really embraced wanting to serve others and push the edge of excellence. So he became a great student. He wanted to be involved in the community, volunteering with everything that he could. I mean, on the ice, he would score big goals, but he'd also block like key shots and help us win games that way. It wasn't just, you know, I'm wearing the captain and I'm on the first power play unit. And he, he was, he he was, uh, you know, the, the, the guy that could do it all. And so I, I'd say over his time here at Trinity, like he's, he's a completely transformed man and, uh, really excited for, you know, where he's headed. Um, you know, not necessarily in, in the game anymore. He's, he's going to, he's getting married and, and he's got a, you know, a career ahead of him with his, his degree. Um, but it was someone that really helped us really turn the corner. around. Like, I think we were like a, a big, you know, ship out in the water and we we're slowly turning and Fonzie, you know, over the last number of years really helped us get, get the program point in the direction that we really needed it to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've definitely noticed that when I've seen, Jarrett play is just like he's one of the most skilled guys on the ice but at the same time he like works way harder he outworks everyone which is like such a good example being set by your team's leader that's like you can't you can't really ask for much more Um no, exactly. but like a guy like that obviously doesn't like grow on a tree and you're saying that he went through some like big transformations in his life and coming from junior hockey, it's not the, the exact, it's not exactly a quote unquote, like super like textbook Christian environment, right? A lot of these guys are coming from very different scenes than, <laughs> and and are thrown into the culture shock of Trinity Western. So like, what are the pillars of the environment you create? Like what sets what, what is the precedent you try to set with the environment? Yeah,
1: well, I think, you know, I, <clears throat> I think the, the, the key parts would be a, a couple of things. Um, the, the DNA we say all the time with our, our team is uh, that win all day, every day. Like it's, it's plastered on our T-shirts and our locker room, carved out in steel and, and everything else. But it, it, that, that statement of win all day, every day, is rooted in the verse in the New Testament, Matthew 5, 14 to 16. In the same way, let your light shine that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And so everything that we ask our guys to do, we ask them to do it with excellence. So whether you're in Sparta and working out, whether you're in the classroom, whether being a a good teammate, uh, you know, a, a husband, fiance, boyfriend, on the ice, doesn't matter if you're in the lineup or out of the lineup. We just, every area... And, and we just, we see that guys embrace that and, and it's from a coaching staff, then we want to continue to encourage them in each of those areas as well. Not just sort of be like, oh, well, we only care about you. If you're doing well on the ice, we, we care about them in every area. And, and I think that that's one of the beautiful things about our staff is that they want to see these guys develop on and off the ice. And so there's a few of those pillars that you could talk about that our culture is really key. Um, but I would say it stems from right from that win all day, every day, like all of our staff embrace it just as much as our players. Like we're constantly trying to find ways to improve and, and, uh, and be a better coach, whether that's just with the X's and O's part of the game, or whether that's with, uh, you know, they say there's artists and scientists within coaching. And we want to be both. We want to make sure that we're finding ways to help the guys improve with their skill, but we also want to find ways to help them be great men in the community. So um, we, we lead that way and, uh, our players like Fonzie and, and Girthy and, and everyone throughout our lineup, like it, it I, I, am at a loss right now. I can't think of a guy in our locker room that I, I, I could sit. If you had a four hour podcast, we could talk about each guy that really falls in that same line, right? Like it's, it's really a beautiful thing.
0: And so obviously going from the big fish in a small pond, that being the bcihl to the littlest guy in U sports, tell us like what, what's going through your head because like, this is obviously a huge change. Uh, obviously we want to see good results, but you can't really expect it for such a small program, just beginning in new sports. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's a great analogy. Like I, uh, the BCHL is a great league and it's filled with some great people um, that have done a lot of heavy lifting over the years to make it the league that it is. And it's, it's great hockey. Um, without it, we, we would never have been able to build our program to prepare it for Canada West. And so, um, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, even though they've maybe are, are small numbers I think that uh, it speaks for itself that the, the leadership there continues to, to press forward and want to grow that league. Um, and at the same time, it's, it's sort of like a, um, you gotta, you gotta, you know, wake up every morning and, and uh, ask the Lord for wisdom and then reach into the bucket and, and grab a big handful of courage because Canada West is a whole nother, you know, animal in terms of, um, the pedigree of the coaches, the pedigree of the players. Um, you know, when you look at the, uh, the U of A's and the UNB's of the, of the world, it's, um, we got a long ways to go to, to get our, our pedigree maybe to match up. But what I'm excited about is I think our culture, I would put our culture up against any team right now across the country um, in terms of our guys are willing to do whatever it takes to improve. And if you got a bunch of guys that are willing to to you know row the boat in the same direction, you know I think that we could surprise you know uh, a few uh, teams and and uh, be a surprise in terms of how quickly we earn a reputation of being the hardest working team um, that that is out there. So we won't be. Uh, our goal is, you know, we just don't want to be the uh, the free uh, the free token on the bingo card, right? Like we. If if teams think they're going to come into the LEC and and uh, and walk all over us, they're going to have to really make sure they come with their lunch bucket because that's what our guys will be doing.
0: A lot of guys on your team definitely point to the spiritual aspect that you bring to the table as a coach. That definitely that that is like the first thing that obviously sets you apart. But do you like what is your overall like approach to? Being a witness to a lot of guys who have may never heard the the message of Christ before.
1: Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird for some guys, you know, freshmen coming in and to have you know me whip out my Bible in a pregame talk and and uh, and use a couple verses to uh, to try and motivate them. Um, so I, I mean, it's you're right. It it is a really unique part of of what we do but as unique as we think it is I I, you know I see so many other sports where this is common like you just saw the the um, you know the basketball NCAA championships take place and you know the you know the team that won there they just talked about joy and how they and you know the year before that with Virginia Tech and how they you know rallied around so much about the faith part of it and Clemson when it comes to football and and how guys were getting baptized on the sidelines at at practice and you know it it as much as we think that sports is this like decrepit place where you know people go to to uh, to just live a life of debauchery I I really think that there's a new generation of coaches and uh, players that are out there that want to know something different and. I come from a background where, uh, you know, I, I played some junior hockey and and struggled with my own faith journey, and coming out of it, I was like, it would be really cool if there was a chaplain that I could go and talk to, and and that spearheaded the early part of my career where I was able to work with an organization uh, to to get chapels set up with junior hockey teams, and that was back in the early '90s, and to this day, there's very few teams in North America at the junior level don't. That don't have chaplains and I get to see the fruit of that 25 30 years later I'm recruiting players and when I bring them in every one of these guys whether they go to church and darken the door of a a church for a wedding or a funeral or Christmas or whatever or they they're regular faith journey guys they've all had their life impacted by a chaplain through junior hockey and so when they come to our program, it's not foreign to them. It's not like, oh, what what is this? And it's not a matter of us smashing them over the head with the Bible either. It's We, we want them to, to understand that it's a relationship, that it's not religion, that it's a relationship. And so that's why we approach it as we want you to be a leader on and off the ice. And these are the four areas. You know, in, in Luke, it says... That Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. So physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. And so we challenge you guys. That's where we want you to be better. And, and if that means the world calls that servant leadership and, and we piggyback off of that and and it's faith-based, faith-based servant leadership, then so be it. You know, you look at the top 10, you know, books on on leadership right now, and it's all about servant leadership. And so when I see servant leadership, to me that's like faith leadership, and so we're not we're not inventing the wheel here. This isn't something new. I guess it's just a maybe it's u- unique a little bit in the sense that we're we're doing it at a university level. We're doing it at the highest level that hockey university is being played at in the country, and uh, and that's unique. And I, I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's strange. It's just it's just unique.
0: So I feel like you kind of do find yourself in, a, in an interesting situation where you kind of are playing that role of team chaplain. And obviously I, I understand that you actually have been a team chaplain and I believe that was for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. Could you tell us about that experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, um, my family and I, we lived over in, in Europe for a while and uh, upon returning back from that opportunity, um, in the hockey world over there, we were kind of in between, uh, gigs and unsure what to do. And so I was approached about taking over the chaplaincy with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And at that point, you know, 10, 15 years of experience of, of working and setting up junior hockey chapels, So I was obviously familiar with that environment, but to be honest, I wasn't really a, a Rough Rider fan and I, I wasn't really a football fan. Um, not not because i didn't like it it just i just didn't have time for it and so when i was first asked about it i actually turned it down i was like i just don't i'm i'm not interested i don't have the time and so um we we continued on and then a year later they came back and said like we're, we're in a pinch and we we could really use you um and so oh are you still there sorry yeah so we uh we end up getting uh in 07 2007 uh, became a chaplain with the and Rough Riders and was able to uh, get, uh, won a great cup that year and stayed with. I, my deal was I'd, I'd be there for a couple of years. I'd, I'd give them a couple of years and end up being seven years and, uh, and booked end it with a, a final uh, great cup in 2013. So I started and finished with great cup years and uh, was able to, um, you know, just be a, a guy. Uh, inside the locker room and on the sidelines that was just there for the players to help them, you know, be leaders. The the same stuff I just talked about all what we do with the hockey team. I was doing that exact same thing with, with the players uh, on the football field, helping them be more than just a a player that fans cheer for and seek an autograph from. We want them to be, you know, members that are contributing that, that uh, give back to the community and use that platform to share Jesus from.
0: Right and obviously working with that team you're not handling football operations and stuff like that so mo- now moving to you being a head coach of a u sports hockey team you have to think about all this hockey stuff and like discipline and like guys get in the weight room all that stuff how do you balance all that
1: yeah i mean it, it, it it's beautiful in the sense that uh you know i, I really uh, trust our support staff right like we've got our therapy team on, on campus is unbelievable and we have full trust in them to keep our athletes healthy and if they are injured to get them recovered. Um, our strength department with Cole and his leadership, we just fully trust what he's doing with his staff. Um, strangely enough, I've got a chaplain, right? And so of all my chaplaincy experiences over the, over the years, um, you know, being able to have a chaplain that we can rely on that comes in and invests time with our players, um, is, is something that, uh, that I find great value in. And so, um, I would say that it's, it, it's just, uh, <clears throat> I think at times I, I, I'm just trying to be a, a good manager and manage the resources that God's given me with people and, uh, and then be able to, you know, facilitate my time to, um, to be a coach and to, to try and be a better coach, to help my players be better players and, uh, and to help our team obviously then be a better program.
0: And obviously, Fons was a Sask boy, correct? And I believe you're from Saskatchewan yourself, right? Sure. A lot of your uh, recruiting actually seems to take place in the SJHL. Is that is that like yeah. something that like is just you you know that market and you know that there's like a lot of potential in it?
1: Yeah, I one of the one of the uh the things about doing a press release about all the guys coming out of Saskatchewan is I feel like I'm giving up some of our secret sauce. Um, (laughs) because uh Saskatchewan guys just they're they're uh they're a different breed in the sense that they understand what it means to be involved in the community and there's there's great value in in giving back to the community and being a servant leader. And I'm not saying other guys that I've been involved with junior hockey elsewhere, don't. But um, I guess there's a trust level that I have with the coaches. You know, like I said, I played in that league, I coached in that league, I've been a chaplain in that league. Like, I, there isn't really a job that I haven't done uh, in the SJHL or with you know teams in Saskatchewan and in the Western League. So it, I, I just have a comfort level, and and the the coaches and managers of all those teams know me. They know what kind of player that I'm looking for. And uh, and so there's just a bit of a natural trust that I guess I've built up over the last 25 or 30 years in, in working there. And so it just I guess it just becomes a byproduct of, of uh, your trusted relationships. That's why we end up with so many guys from Saskatchewan. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that the, the guys that are coming out of Saskatchewan are great leaders and, and we'll be relying on them to, you know, to uh, fall into Fonzie's footsteps and and, uh, to push the boundaries even further than what Fonzie did.
0: Like what makes you nervous for this upcoming year? Because like this is going to be a huge challenge for you, for your guys. I think for even just like the TW Spartans fan base, seeing every game being a win essentially, and all our guys being top five in scoring to uh, like, it could look very different next year. So what do you, what makes you the most nervous as head coach?
1: That's a, that's a great question. I think, um, I, I think that, you know, just the, 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 probably the most nervous part is why are we going to be able to play? You know, COVID has, has thrown a wrench into so many programs across the country. And even this week, we've seen another program like Laurentian folder, their hockey program. And, um, and so I think that you know we've 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 got a, a great recruiting class of freshmen nine nine guys that are, are coming in as freshmen. We've got a number of freshmen from last year that still didn't get a chance to play. So really, you've got you know a dozen true freshmen that haven't played a U Sport game that that uh, are going to be part of our program next year. And um, as much as we say to them and help them prepare, that's going to be tougher. Um, I, I just don't know if we all realize how much tougher it will be. Like we've every year we've gone down and played division one games in the States. And that's really given us a, like a, you know, sort of a slap upside the head be like, okay, this is, you know, your decisions have to be quicker. You have to, um, you know, defensively you have to take time and space and offensively you have to make those passes quicker and find shooting lanes quicker. And, you know, there's all these things that, that are just going to come at you, like uh, you're drinking from a fire hydrant. So I, I guess my biggest fear would be that no one's going to take it lightly. I I promise you that much. But until you jump in the deep end, you don't really understand how deep it is. And so until we get that first game and and jump in, uh, we won't really know what to expect um, other than we know we're going to work hard. And, um, you know, I think it's Mike Tyson that says, you don't know you're in a fight until you get punched in the face. So until we get punched in the face our first game, um, I don't think we're, we're going to know how hard we have to work, but we're going to try our, our best this off season to make sure that we're in the best shape of our life. Um, we've just hired a, a new, um, a video stats coach. that's going to help us this off season, acquire a whole bunch of information that we need to make decisions. Um, we've purchased, uh, a, a virtual reality system. That's going to help our players with their myelination and their thinking process to, able to think things through quicker so we're doing everything we can to support them but still at the end of the day you got to play the game and uh and we won't know that until we actually drop the puck on our season opener and get punched in the face and then realize okay we're 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 now in canada west and uh and we got to bring our lunch bucket and we got to work hard every shift of every game
0: totally Yeah, no, I think you make some great points. And yeah, it like, I feel like preparation at this point is all that you guys can really do. And obviously this is such an extended off season that you've received. So uh, who knows, maybe it is the perfect storm. uh, We've had on our heads here, but yeah. Anyways, Barrett, it has been an absolute pleasure and uh, thank you so much for, for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thanks Tyler. Really appreciate the work that you're doing and, uh, you know, just giving the voice of our, our, our players and our coaches uh, an opportunity to, to talk about what's going on behind the scenes so I appreciate
0: it. Glad I can be a part of it. Anyways, this is going to wrap up our episode of uh, the Sparta Podcast. We will see you again soon. Bye bye for now.